big disclaimer. I'm not saying anything. I just downloaded the video and I'm just sharing it. So that was fun. Well, welcome everyone to the eight. I'm happy you guys are here. I want to share a story uh, that was my life. So I was a dentist as a general dentist for four years. And when I was practicing as a general dentist, um, I, I used to have a very long commute because I did public health. So, you, you know, they're not that, you know, you can't find that many. So I had a very long commute, over an hour and a half, uh, one way to, to where I was working, worked a couple years in Maryland and a couple years here in Atlanta. And something that I experienced with many hours in the car, which if you live in Atlanta, you experience the same, which is road rage, okay? And every now and then, you know, I accidentally might cut off somebody, I might do something wrong, whatever, you know, and they come drive right by me and they give me a very nice uh, gesture uh, that I see. I, I'm very weird. I mean, don't judge me for this. When I know they're upset with me, I have this reflex of I want to wave at them because I just I just want to make them even more mad because they think I'm going to be mad, but if I just wave at them, they're going to be like, this just makes them more mad. It's something cruel inside of me, but I always used to love doing that. But of course, you know, I'm a priest now. I don't have any problem with that road anymore. But This happened in the news just a couple months ago that I saw this happened in Boston. There was road rage to a point where the guy got out of his car and just sat on top of, of the car, of the other car, and it just and the car started driving. The white car started driving, and the guy just kept on staying on top of it. It was like this big thing on, on local news in Boston, and it kind of went viral. And I saw it on Twitter. I thought it was crazy. Like road rage is something that we all deal with, either being the victim or the perpetrator. I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. Which one do you fall into? But we experience road rage to some degree or another. Maybe some of you don't. Maybe there is, maybe there's one person here maybe that doesn't struggle with road rage in one degree or another. But maybe you do have anger. If I asked you, who here struggles with anger? Or who has anger? Many of you would tell me, no, I don't get angry. Sometimes I get frustrated, but I don't get angry. Frustrated, anger. What's the difference? And we try to cover it up. I don't get angry. I don't get. I don't snap. I don't get angry. I just get frustrated sometimes. And I'm not the source. I mean, it's it's because my kids this or my wife did this or because this happened at work. It's because of these sources. Not has anything to do with me. I'm just responding to them being to them being jerks or not giving me what I deserve. I'm not get. But I don't get angry. I just get frustrated. I'm not the source. I'm just responding to what's going on around me. But I don't get angry. I just get frustrated. We've been here over the past several weeks, and we're going to continue on, is looking at what is sitting inside of our heart that may be the things we don't like, that, that we don't like things about ourselves that just sits there. And it's throwing us off balance, and it's kind of being toxic to ourselves and being toxic to those around us. And there's things that are sitting inside of us. Jesus put it so well when he told his followers, his disciples, 2,000 years ago. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? And they get that. Like Jesus is beginning with small talk. You guys understand that what goes in, and it goes out of the body. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. And these defile them. For out of the the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person. This is what St. Matthew, as he is witnessing Jesus say this, this is what he's writing. But also St. Mark, who's our patron saint, wrote down even more of an elaborate description of what comes from the heart. Jesus says the issue is not what's coming in. The issue as far as what is coming out, because whatever is coming out is settling inside of our heart. It's there. 
So that's why all of us get into a situation like, man, did I really say that? I didn't, and when we tell, I didn't really mean to say that. I didn't mean really to do that. But it, it came from somewhere. It came from somewhere. It's sitting inside of us. This is similar to, like, if I get in a car accident, if I get, you know, if I, if I hit you while we're driving and I hit you and I say, oh, sorry, you know, my bad. Have a good day. Okay, sorry is not enough. Like, there, there needs to be follow-up. So when, 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 some, when I'm doing something wrong that's sitting in my heart, that's, that's toxic, that's throwing me off balance, it's damaging those around me. And I can't just, just say, oh, well, I didn't mean to say that, or I didn't mean to do that. It's coming from somewhere. So this entire series is for us to look inside of all of us, including myself. Where did that come from? Where did that thought come from? Where is that? Something I learned this week is that there is an early Christian manuscript called the Philokalia. Philokalia. So this manuscript is written by early Christians from the, year four, from the 4th century to the 15th century. And it's, 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 a, it's a large series of books. But they're meditations from various fathers and various monks of early Christianity. And through their own struggles, they were able to kind of bring down to a formula their issues. They were able to bring down the formula of what they noticed within themselves. And I just want to, sh- I want to highlight some of the things. One thing they first noticed, like when, when they fall into a sin, they noticed when they kind of dissected and expand about how they fall into certain struggles. The first thing they noticed is that it all begins with a brain synapse. It begins with a brain synapse where a thought, there's a suggestion to a sin. Ah, it's okay to do this. And the suggestion begins. And it leads to a, a second, uh, it leads to a very serious, I just want to highlight a couple of them where, where they kind of highlight uh, these early Christians. Then I, I begin to accept the possibility of me doing this sin or me having this struggle or this issue or the anger. It's not that bad. I'm not the first person. I'm not the last person. Man, everyone else around me is doing it. It's not, it can't be that bad if everyone else is doing People are making fun of me, making jokes about it. So it's, maybe it's not that bad. And it, that, that, that begins to grow within me. And, after, and then the last stage that they write down is that all of a sudden it becomes habitual, that this habit is, becomes part of my lifestyle and it grows within me. And I'm so numb to be able to, 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 to dissect it because it becomes part of who I am. And I just get to a point of saying, hey, this is who I am, but take it or leave it. You know, this is just who I am because it has become so habitual. But it all began with something of a brain synapse becoming coming from within me. And that brain synapse lead to a suggestion to ascend to, for it to become, eventually, habitual. In either case, we've been looking at the different emotions, different things that take control of our heart, that are throwing us off balance and throwing the people around us off balance because it is sitting within us. And what I would like for us to talk about today is anger. But there are different types of anger. I want to bring that out first. So the first type of anger I want to point out is I'm kind of using the word itch anger. Itch anger. Itch anger is when you're watching the news or you see some injustice going on in the world and something inside of you is just itching. Man, I hate it when I see that that exists in this part of the world. Or I hate it when I see, you know, single moms having to struggle with this. I hate it when I see this or that. And something inside of you just, it's pulling at you. And you feel like you want to do something about it. Or something that's coming from, maybe somebody next to you is like, I don't care. I mean, that happens all the time. I see it all the time. I don't care. But someone next to them would be like, man, that really pulls at me. But everyone is different. There is a touch from, from God. There's a divine touch within all of us, something that pulls on us. What pulls on me might be something that might pull on you, but that comes from God. And that is maybe like a righteous anger or an itch anger, like I like to call it. And what I love about the beauty and richness of our ancient faith is that we have seen so many early Christians, that we see their itch. We see their itch and how they took this, this divine anger, this itch anger, and what they did with it. 
One of my favorite saints is a saint that lived about 100 years ago. His name is Saint Habib Gurgis. Saint Habib Gurgis, why I love him, he's not a monk, he's not a priest, he's not a bishop, he's not, not any of that kind of stuff. He's just a regular dude. He's just a regular dude. And in Egypt, he noticed, he's like, man, everyone's like half asleep in liturgy. Like, they're just kind of like just dozing off. Man, they don't want to pursue God intellectually. Like, our Sunday school program is like basically non-existent. He saw like what was going on in the, in the church around him. And it just, it just itched him. It angered him. Instead of him just saying, oh, it's too bad. You know, they really need to do something. You know, Abuna should really get some more service. Or the priest should really do this or that in the church. He didn't just sit back. But he took that itch inside of him. And he led it to action. And he began the first theological seminary for the Orthodox Church in Egypt. And he, put, and, and he began the formal movement of the Sunday school movement. Very, very fascinating thing of his life. His biography is extremely fascinating of what he did because it all began with an itch. I want to share my itch real quick. Is you know I grew up in the church, and, and, and lack for better terms, I used to be a very Coptic Nazi. We got to do this. We got to do it. This is how you sing the hymn. We're going to do it this way. And you shouldn't do this. And you shouldn't do that. And I just grew up like, it's all about do this. Don't do this. And it was all about that, 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 that. Then I got to a point, I'm like, what on earth am I doing? What is this? And I started questioning God. I started questioning church. Like, what is all of this? Is it all about do's and don'ts? Like, what's going on? And then just not to bore you with the long story. And then as I like started questioning things and I said, okay, if I'm going to pursue God, then I want to talk to him casually. I want to talk to him coming from my heart. Like, don't judge me. I'm not saying anything about Coptic hands. I'm not saying anything about the Coptic language. So don't, don't judge me. Don't take this out of context. Inside of me, I'm saying, okay, if I'm talking to God, I want to talk to God in my native tongue. If he has invited me to call him Father, I want to talk to Father in the language of my heart. Okay? That, 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 was, on my, that was in my heart. That itched me. I love Coptic hymns. Don't get me any wrong. I love the beauty and richness of our liturgical hymns and the, and the rites of our ancient faith, which has existed for centuries. I have nothing against that. But something inside of me is saying, okay, I want to talk to God in my native tongue. Like, if I, anyone I have an intimate relationship with, I talk to them in my native tongue. So I want to have an intimate relationship with my Heavenly Father. So I want to talk to Him in my native tongue. So that began inside of me. That itch inside of me led me to just one, one, one door led to another, led to another where I have an extreme passion for English hymns. I have an extreme passion for, for us praying, having this ancient form of worship, the Eucharist, liturgical worship, in my native tongue. Like, that, I was very, very passionate about that. And this was my itch, okay? So, you know, this was like a, a, a good anger that kind of led me to action. It, this itch anger is based on what others aren't getting what they deserve. Like, this is the basis, this is the framework or the foundation of this itch anger that's inside of me. Man, I really, like, I hate it when I say this. I feel like something should be done about this. Instead of just saying passively, this, this, this righteous anger leads to some action. It's based on what others aren't getting what they deserve. Now, the two other types of anger that maybe come to mind when we think of anger, let's break it down to extroverted anger and introverted anger. Extroverted anger, I don't want to talk much about because I kind of, that's pretty clear. You know, extroverted anger is when it comes out and it lashes out maybe verbally, maybe physically, maybe emotional abuse, whatever the case might be. That's anger. That's anger. That's being manifested externally and damaging those around you. I, I hate. I was, I was never exposed to this type of anger, but now as a priest, I hate what I see it's doing in families. And it, it just tears me apart. And 
don't, don't, I'm not going to look at anybody, I don't, just, I'm going to say this. When this happens in the house, it is damaging your kids' future marriage. When this occurs in the house, you're damaging your, your kids' future marriage. It's toxic. It, it just, it puts a huge wedge in the family, this extroverted anger. Connected to extroverted anger is introverted anger, which is something I struggle with. Introverted anger is when I'm silent. I tell my wife, I, I'm, 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 I'm PO'd, and I, I don't know if I should say that, but I was PO'd. And I don't, and I, I'm, I, I'm silent. I don't say anything. And I just kind of stay in my own corner. That is toxic. That's deafening. It's killing our marriage. It's killing our house. Because she knows I'm checked out. She can just see it. She can feel it. She can feel just this toxic anger building up inside of me. I never show it out, but I just check out. I'm done. Pull out my phone, go in another room, whatever. Uh, sorry, I got to go. You know, someone needs me. I got to go serve somewhere. And I, I just check out. I check out. This introverted anger. It's silence. It's moody. It's deafening. This is based on me not getting what I deserve. This is the basis of this type of anger, of extroverted and introverted anger. It's not me, I don't get, I'm not getting what I want, so it comes out either extrovertedly or introvertedly. So these are the three types of anger. Everyone with me so far? All right. Now I want us to rewind in time. Let's go look back uh, in the first couple of decades of early Christianity. There was a first eyewitness of G, uh, who experienced Jesus, and his name was St. James. And actually, some historians say that he was a, a relative, a family relative to Jesus. But there's a lot of different theories about that. So, but, but we do know he was very close to Jesus, St. James. So close that he was actually appointed to be the bishop of Jerusalem, which is basically the capital of where how Christianity spread. He was appointed to be the head of the church as bishop in the city of Jerusalem. The most fascinating thing is that he died in the year 62 AD. He died in the year, so if Jesus you know, rose, was crucified around the year 33 AD, St. James, who was the bishop of Jerusalem, died around the year 62 AD. So during this time span was written a, a, a book, which we know some of the highs and lows of early Christianity, known as the Acts of the Apostles, which we know in the Bible. The fascinating thing is that St. James's is life, or St. James's death, is not recorded in this book. Why? Because the, the book was written before his death. But, you know, I find that interesting. Maybe you don't. So, the, like, we, know, we have a history of the first couple of decades of early Christianity from the book of Acts. But J St. James died in the year 62 AD. But I do want to show or highlight some of the things that he said. And a very clever title for his book that he wrote, he called it James. And this is what he says. He says this. Who is wise and understanding among you? Who is wise and understanding among you? You know what wisdom is? Wisdom or someone who is wise knows that life is connected. Someone who is wise understands the decisions I make today will impact tomorrow. Somebody who is wise understands the decisions I make today will impact tomorrow. I love telling single people, decisions you make now of how you want to pursue dating, your sexuality, those decisions you make now affect your future marriage. This is what wisdom is. Nothing is isolated. It's not YOLO. It's not just, man, it was just a one-night stand. It was just Friday night. No. Everything is connected. Everything in life is connected. What I eat affects every aspect of my life. The decisions I make affect my life. This is what wisdom is. It's me understanding that what I do now, which will eventually become my past, will show up in the future. The decisions I make today, which will eventually become my past, will affect my future in some shape or form. This is just how the fabric of the world is run. This is by God's divine design. This is how everything is connected. Who's wise in understanding among you? 
Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Nobody here loves a cocky person. Nobody here. Like, I, I hate watching sports interviews when, when the athletes are, man, we knew we were going to beat them, man. That was so easy, and we've got to get them next. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody likes a cocky person. But the essence and the root of wisdom is knowing, man, I'm, I'm limited. I don't know it all. But I do know everything's life's connected. I know I'm not the first person on planet Earth. I'm surely not the last. I'm sure there's people that have been in my position before. This is wisdom, and the root of wisdom is humility. But if you harbor bitter envy or selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not say, it's just the way I am, man. Take it or leave it. This is who I am. Okay, this is how I'm born. I just say the truth. I just say whatever's on my mind. Do not boast about it. And do not deny it. Is something sitting inside of you that you're kind of dismissing? That's, you, you, those thoughts come to your mind and, and it just, it's sitting inside of you? Do not boast about it. Do not deny it. Such wisdom does not come, from, does not come down from heaven, but it's earthly. It's unspiritual. It's demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. If anger, if envy, if selfish ambition is sitting inside of our heart, man, this is what's going to throw us off. This is what's going to throw off our relationships. This is what's going to throw off our, our friendships with those around us because it's settling inside of us. We cannot boast about it. We cannot deny it. We have to embrace it because that stuff is sitting inside of us and it's killing us and it's killing those around us. St. James also said this. What causes fights and quarrels among you? He asked the question, what's causing that? And many of us would answer this, no, 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 James, I think you got it wrong. Who is causing fights and quarrels among you? That should be the question. Well, it's because she did this. That's what's, that's what's making me fight. Or because he did this. Or because my boss did this. This is why. This is what's causing me to fight. It's not what. It's the who. If she just got her act together, if she just respected me and appreciated what I do, then I wouldn't have to be so angry. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? He hits it. Doesn't that come from within you? Like, the, 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 the pause, like, the, the, like, shut off the noise and just stop the reflex of wanting to point to that person. Or it's because she did this, or he did this, or if my boss wasn't like this, or if the life circumstances were like this, or if my mom never did this, my dad never did this, I would have. Pause that for a second. Isn't that coming from within you? Don't they come from your desires that are battling within you? But I earn it. I've been working hard. This is what I deserve. But they promised me they would not do that. They promised me they would, but they didn't. Or she didn't do this, or he didn't. But what they did wasn't fair. Yeah, maybe it wasn't fair. But that's not right. I know that I deserve that. It wasn't fair. Just maybe a couple of months ago, my wife and I and my kid, Ruth, were going to Whole Foods. And they have, I don't, I don't know if every grocery store has this, they have those like miniature carts. So, so Ruth gets like the baby cart and she's ecstatic. You know, she's rolling a cart and we're just putting the little things we need in the cart. All of a sudden, comes down the other aisle, we run into 
like one of those Hot Wheel looking car- carts, like with the, 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 the looks like a car. My my daughter's face just froze, and she went pale. And she exploded and just started crying. And we had to leave. We had like we couldn't pay, purchase. We just had to leave because she just exploded. She completely lost it because she saw something that she wanted. Like she was highly content. She was highly content with the cart that she had. But once she saw some bright red car and the kid is like going like this, even though he's not really doing it, the mom is like you know. And so, but he thinks it's like a real car. And so my my daughter absolutely lost it because she did not get it her way. She definitely had an introverted anger. I mean, she had that extroverted anger, and she let all of us know. What I'm about to tell you to do, and you can dismiss this, you can ignore this, that's totally fine, but I'm going to ask you to do something very awkward. Not right now, I'm saying, but in your conflict. Maybe your conflict happens right when you get back in your car. Maybe it happens tonight. Maybe it happens sometime this week. But I want you to do this. When anger is starting to, to, to control you, when anger is starting to throw you off balance and throw your marriage, throw your relationships off balance, this I want you to say. You know what? A big part of this problem that we're having is that I'm not getting what I want. You want to talk about ending a conversation, make it super awkward next time you're in a conflict with someone? You know what a big problem with this is because I'm not getting what I want. I'm sure the person next to them, they're going to be like, yeah, I, I guess the problem too is I'm not getting what I want either. If you own this, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm not over-exaggerating this. If we really understand this, I'm not getting what I want. And that's the root of this issue. I, I can't stop having this natural reflex of wanting to, to point fingers at he or she or they. But it's coming from within. If I embrace that, I promise you, this can change your life. You can make better life decisions, I promise you. You know, constant and variable. Okay? The, 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 the constant is there's always going to be things outside that are always going to upset you. Might be on the road right when you leave out of here. Might be the person sitting next to your car when you leave out of here. That's always going to be there. But the variable is how you approach it from within. That has to change. And you say, you know what? A big part of this problem is that I'm not getting what I want. I promise you, if you, if we apply that to our relationships, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. My last question for us to, to think about. Is anger unblessing you? God said, I bless your home because I love you, because I designed you. But is, is, is anger unblessing us? It's throwing us off balance of getting the best of us and being toxic to our, to our marriage, to our friendships, because it's, it's, it's owning. You add it in your own words, but practice this. Be part of this. I'm not getting what I want. Say, I know it's awkward. But build the confidence and say, build the boldness. A big part of this is I'm not getting what I want. Okay, let that, big, let that spark a conversation. Well, tell me what do you want. Let that spark a healthy, edifying conversation. A big part of this is I'm not, not getting what I want. Anger is telling us that I'm the boss of you. Anger is sitting saying, I control you. But the beautiful thing is we have a better boss. Anger doesn't have to control us. Envy doesn't have to control us. Doesn't have to control us because we have a better one who controls us, who has invited us to call him Father. And he designed our heart to be in purity and wants to cleanse us out from within out. But it first starts with us assessing what's sitting in my heart. 
What are those things that come out that, man, I regret that I did this or said that? Well, where did that come from? But the more I can look inside myself and assess where that's coming from, the more I can make better life decisions, the better the people around me can live better lives if I get to the core of what's inside of me. Let's stand up for a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. God, I know this is such a heavy topic. Lord, I want for, for the words that, that, that you have shared with us, for it to settle within us the way you want it to settle within us. And maybe for a lot of us, this is uncomfortable to hear. But God, all of us, in some shape or form, anger is sitting within us. Help us to assess that itch anger inside of us, that we can make an impact in this world by what's sitting inside of us. And for us to realize, you know, what's the extroverted or introverted anger that's killing my friendships, my relationships, my career? Because maybe I'm not taking control of it and I'm, I'm allowing it to own me. God, give us the courage and clarity to see that and take steps for me to own up. And then the next time a conflict does come up, which is for all of us just a matter of time, for us to say within us and to say it out loud, a big part of this is that I'm not getting what I want. Through the prayers of St. James the Apostle and all your saints, Lord, hear us as we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but the rest from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, everybody.